Hi, this is Ed Fitzpatrick. If you enjoy local politics as much as I do, be sure to join our friends at Rhode Island PBS for the show A Lively Experiment. Hosted by Jim Hummel, the weekly series features journalists, pundits, and politicians debating the stories and issues that matter most to us Rhode Islanders. Tune in to A Lively Experiment and be part of the conversation. Fridays at 7 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS and wherever you get your podcasts. From the Boston Globe, this is Rhode Island Report. I'm Alexa Gagas, sitting in for Ed Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to the podcast where we bring you big conversations from our very small state. If you're like me, you're just re-entering the Providence night scene. Now that it feels safe to go out again, you might notice the dining scene has changed a little bit. If you're wondering where to go, we've got the perfect guests for you today. Angie and Jeff DeMeo are the couple behind Providence Date Night, an Instagram account that showcases local places to eat and drink. We'll talk to them after this quick break. When you want to go beyond the headlines, let me recommend Rhode Island PBS Weekly. Rhode Island PBS Weekly is an award-winning news magazine broadcast that gives you the full story, powered by investigative journalism and narrative storytelling. New episodes of Rhode Island PBS Weekly drop Sundays at 7.30 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS. Watch past episodes at ripbs.org slash weekly. That's ripbs.org slash weekly. Welcome back. Joining us today are Angie and Jeff DeMeo, the couple behind Providence Date Night. Angie and Jeff, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having us, Alexa. Thanks for having us. So I've been cyber-stalking your account since I moved to Rhode Island in the middle of 2020. Um, So before we dive into your recommendations for fun places to go, tell us how you got this Instagram started and why. When Jeff and I decided where we wanted to live and build our life, Providence was a no-brainer. And when we moved here, we realized that we wanted to show all the great food and restaurants that were around that I I didn't know that Providence had such a great uh, food scene. So we started to take pictures and share, and then it kind of grew from there. Tell me the story about how you decided to move to Providence. Well, I grew up in Rhode Island <clears throat> in a little town called Smithfield. Um, Went to school in Boston, lived in New York, met Angie in Asheville, North Carolina. And like she said, we were really looking for an ideal place to live and start a life together. So we started to make the most insane, like Lorelai Gilmore girl, you know, style pro con list and listed all the things that we love. And I want to be near the ocean. Angie wants to have a a, a city vibe. It has to have a great food scene. As we were coming up with this list, we kind of had the like, uh uh-oh moment. Looks like I'm going to move back to where I started. And, you know, I I told Angie that we really should go check out Providence. And I know it sounds like I'm chickening out and I want to just move back home. I really don't have much family here other than 
my lovely sister and her children and, you know, cousins and aunts. But we started to go through the list and, and Providence checked every single one of our boxes. And we just said, screw it, let's go. And we did. Isn't the saying, once a Rhode Islander, always a Rhode Islander, they always make their way back home? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the cherry on top is that the people in Rhode Island are the nicest. Really? Because, all right, so I've had some trouble. (laughs) But I think it's because of the position I'm in. I was nervous at first because I was like, oh, East Coast, I don't know. Like, I didn't know much about you know, Rhode Island, but, and we, our, one of our first experiences, Jeff took me to Caserta's Pizza and we sat down and I was like, these ladies are intense and their accents are so strong and they seem mean. I was like, Jeff, they seem really mean. And he's like, they're not mean. They're, they don't have time for bullshit. Like yeah. they're just to the point. And, and that's like that's the, it. but what I find is that I'll like walk down the street or whatever, or be in CVS and a lady, ladies most of the time will just talk to me and be like, hey, why, why is this like this? And I'm like, I don't know. Or we're sitting to get our COVID shots and they're like, oh, this is crazy. I'm like, everybody just kind of starts talking, which is, they're not my new best friends, but everyone's just, it, it feels community versus like Chicago, you're like bundled up and like, how do I get somewhere as fast as possible? Boston, probably the same, you know? So Angie, you're originally from Chicago. Um, don't tell any Boston restaurant owners this, but I think that Providence's dining scene is second to none. Um, but how does the food compare here as to Chicago? I mean, in Providence, it's definitely Italian-focused. Like, you can find every single authentic Italian um, food delicacy that your heart desires, whereas Chicago is a little bit more, I guess, varied in that sense. And a huge difference is obviously being on the coast, like being able to have access to fresh seafood. I never ate seafood in Chicago because it just felt like we're near a lake, not near the ocean. And it didn't really make sense. So the oysters and the scallops and the shrimp, like everything is just so fresh and delicious. Um, And it tastes even better when you're right on the water, you know, getting to enjoy that. You know, COVID was hard on a lot of restaurants. The last time that I was behind a bar myself as a bartender was March 15th of 2020. And that date is still ingrained in my mind. Um, And not all restaurants survived the pandemic. Is there a particular food or restaurant that you're going to miss the most that didn't make it out? I mean, Shallow's closed, but then reopened. That was like a devastating one. Yeah, the Shallow's Bakery on Federal Hill. My my dad has a lot of history with Federal Hill growing up on Federal Hill. So when he learned that Shallow's Bakery had closed, he was personally devastated because he used to remember every Friday when my grandfather got paid, you know, his $40 a week, they would spread money out on the table and say, all right, Peter, that's my father, you have to take this to the butcher, you take this to Shallows, you take this to, you know, the fruit stand, you take this to the grocery store. And my dad's job was to take the cash in little envelopes and settle up every debt that they had for the week. So that had a personal connection to him. And, um, you know, the baker's been there for over 100 years. So for it to just close out of the blue, I think that was a big blow, not just to the community. And it's not really a restaurant per se, but it is part of Federal Hill, which is a you know vital organ in Rhode Island. With all these restaurants closing, it could give an opportunity to a really innovative chef or restaurant owner to do something different, a little bit more freestyle and not care about, you know, the quote unquote rules. Is there any place that you've seen open throughout the pandemic that you think is just doing something different or that you're excited about right now? 
I think Little Sister is doing an incredible job with everything that they're bringing to the table. They have just a, a beautiful interior decor in a very small, small space. At the same time, they are, they have, you know, pastries and savory bites and they're doing dinners and they have things to go. It's just the flavors are just so good. Um, it is a place that you just can't stop thinking about, you know, after you go there. And I don't know when exactly they open, but definitely, you know, a newer spot um, that we love popping into. What do I need to order there? Oh, my gosh. You have to get the, like, chocolate galette tart that they have um, with fruit on top. That is incredible. Take a croissant to go. And then they have a lot of uh, different mocktail type drinks that I really enjoy. So I would I would get a couple of those too. Um, when you're talking about <laughs> mocktails, I understand that you both decided to stop drinking recently. So congratulations on that. You know, how do you navigate drinking holidays like St. Patrick's Day or New Year's? Yeah, I mean, how do we navigate it? Um, you know, we made the decision to kind of uh, break free from the nightly ritual of opening a bottle of wine. And, you know, I always drank vodka sodas. And, you know, I would I would never say that we had a problem with it, but it, it kind of became, it felt pointless after a while. Like, why are we just sitting here, you know, watching Netflix and just drinking wine and cocktails when that doesn't feel like the healthiest thing to do for oneself? So we just stopped, you know, stopped drinking altogether then became obsessed with zero-proof cocktails and mocktails. And we can make some mocktails that will blow your mind, and you will be shocked at how much um, they taste boozy, you know. So it's almost more fun. So you can still be social, and you can clink glasses, but you can also hold a conversation and not make a fool of yourself. When you're out and about, sometimes I feel as though, you know, I don't want to drink all the time. Sure. You know, I think I drink maybe once a week, maybe once every couple weeks. Um, but you go out sometimes to restaurants and you're bombarded by alcohol, um, whether it's, you know, the wine list that's basically a book at a menu, um, or you go and you see a bunch of advertisements for even just Bud Light and whatnot. Do you ever feel like, okay, I, I just get the alcohol away? It's kind of a bombardment. And like you said, you didn't have a problem, but for those who choose not to drink because they had an issue, do you think it's tough to navigate that world? I, th I think it's tough. And, you know, for for me personally, you know, when I sit down, you know, when Angie and I go out to eat or something and and we're making it clear that we're not going to order a bottle of wine, we're not going to order the expensive cocktails, I don't want to come across as cheap. You know, I know that the person that's, you know, providing the service and, and taking care of us, you know, relies on a a tip based on, you know, our ticket. But rest assured, when we go out to eat, <laughs> we, we go very, very heavy. And we are um, obscene tippers, you know, like we almost overcompensate uh, to the point where we might as well just be ordering the bottles of wine and throwing them on the floor <laughs> because we'll, we'll often look at our, our dinner ticket and be like, all right, well, if we order the, the drinks, you know, that would have been another 80, 90 bucks. So we'll just tip based on that anyway. So everybody wins except for us, if that makes sense. As a former bartender, that's like music to my ears. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we understand that. But more and more, we're finding that a lot of restaurants, you know, are not just pointing out like, hey, we have Coke, Diet Coke, Sprite, et cetera, that they'll actually have a zero proof section on their menu. And if you look around your grocery stores, you know, anywhere, you're going to start seeing in that section where you'll find, actually, we just saw it at Dave's Marketplace in East Greenwich. 
where you would normally find mixers and things like that, they actually have zero-proof alcohol. Brands that you, you find online or that you're getting you know, ads served to you on Facebook, et cetera, they're now available in the grocery stores where you would normally shop, where normally you wouldn't even see that. So it's, it's coming with a vengeance, and I think that it's like one of the healthiest trends in food and dining that is, um, I mean, that's what I'm most excited about. Um, is there any particular place where you can find zero proof cocktails in Providence or the Providence area that you think is doing an exceptional job? Yeah. Um, Bottles Fine Wine in Wayland Square next to Eastside Market has a great selection of zero proof alcohol and uh, mixers and all the fun things to go with it. They actually have a very large selection. Is there any restaurants or bars that you also recommend? Recently, I I went with a friend, actually, to the Water Dog in Warren, and they were like, we can make anything zero-proof. And we had a great uh, jalapeno pineapple margarita, and it was delicious. So I actually encourage restaurants to start jumping on this trend in a bigger way because there's a lot of us out here who are sober curious or just uh, don't want to have a drink you know, at night but still want to participate and be a part of a celebration or fun. And it's a great way— as a restaurant to increase, like Jeff said, your ticket without, you know, having to serve alcohol or just water or soda. So, yeah, it's exciting. It's 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 a fun thing that I definitely think is going to become more and more um, apparent throughout Providence. And we, we see it more in bigger cities. If you go to New York and you, ha- and you sit down, there's an entire section. So I really want to see that happen in Providence too, because um, that's the biggest question I get. We shared that recently with everyone um, on Instagram that we stopped drinking alcohol almost a year ago. Um, in April, we'll hit a year. So people are like, well, I want to do that too, but how? You know, I feel uncomfortable. And for me, if you have a problem with alcohol or if you are someone who wants to enter that, the hardest part is just the beginning. When you're handed that wine list, when you're asked what you want to drink, get through that, and then it feels like nothing. But it can be challenging in the beginning if you're used to, you know, perusing the menu and kind of fantasizing about what fun, you know, cocktail you're going to have. Um, But after you get through that moment, it's like any other dinner or date night. So let's just say that... I'm just getting back to going out. What's a good date night that you could set up for me? I mean, I, we love starting a date, a date night off at the Eddy. There's, um, we just, we love the vibe in there. We love the space. We love the size. We love the little cobblestone street that you have to walk down to get it. It feels very, very European. Um, we love the bites at the Eddy yeah. as an appetizer to get a board with the deviled eggs, the <laughs> cheese, all the accompaniments. You have to get the dilly beans there and if and don't eat too much so you can, you know, carry on in your date night. But it is a and they definitely make a delicious mocktail. Um, I think most of the time when we show up at the Addy, we just say, Hey, we're in the mood for something a little bitter, a little sweet, and they'll just whip up whatever they're in the mood for. Yeah, we haven't done that in a while. We need to go back. Well, we were we were going to the Eddie um, sort of shortly after we decided to, you know, put alcohol to the side. And I'll tell you, the, the folks there actually really made us feel comfortable. It was like one of our first experiences going out to a, you know, it, it is a bar. First and foremost, actually, it is only a bar that happens to serve bites. And um, they made, they just made us feel so comfortable and assuring that they can make anything, that we'd love to come up with something just for you which, you know, who doesn't want that? 
But more often than not, our date nights will start at the eddy, and then we'll just be, you know, plugging along, and then we wind up just staying there for the night and just saying, let's just keep getting more food. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do love to start at the eddy, and um, I mean, I'm I'm an old school guy, so I I love going to Hemingways <clears throat> and sitting at the bar. I think that they make the best Rhode Island style calamari in the state. Uh, is there anywhere that you recommend going that doesn't involve food and wine? Well, we actually went to the, um, we we live right on the east side, so we went to the Avon Theater on Thayer Street, which if you haven't been, it is a throwback to the early days of cinema, complete with, you know, very small setting, very, very old theater. Um, you know, curtains are drawn when the screen comes out. I think we saw the French Dispatch there which felt perfect. I mean, it's, it is a Wes Anderson style theater. We, we love going there. Uh, all I can think is I, I just love walking through Providence. Like I, I love the ability to get to Blackstone Boulevard and just take a long walk up and down depending on the season. That's what I typically offer to my friends. Like let's meet up, grab a coffee or an ice cream cone and just do something like that. Everything for us typically does revolve around food. We, we are foodies, uh, self-proclaimed, I guess, and we just love to experience new food and dissect it and talk about how we could recreate it at home. So it's, it's hard to think of something that doesn't have that as a part of our, our dates. Um, so we're in recovery mode. I think it's safe to say that right now. Restaurants are reopening. Um, we still have at this takeout side initiative where we're dining outside more. Um, there's still igloos when it's cold outside. This is an exciting time for restaurants, and it's an exciting time for Providence right now. We could have the upper hand when it comes to the food and dining scene. What are you most excited about, and kind of what are your goals with using your Instagram account to help people go out and go out yourselves? I, for one, hope that we inspire people. We've all come into this mode where we are used to being at home, we're used to cooking at home, we're used to ordering in, and I want people to see that it's still there and it's magical. Like, all that I think any of us want in life is something to be inspired by, something to marvel at, and a beautiful meal can give that to you. And supporting small businesses is more important than ever. I think it feels like it's not as important and they've survived and we've gone through it, but they're still kind of in the thick of it. Like it's not over yet. So my perspective is to show beautiful plates, to describe how delicious something is. That's what I hope that we can provide and accomplish and maybe be, we'll be the innovators and you, you all can follow and join along on the journey. I actually hope the amount of outdoor slash sidewalk dining stays. You know, I I feel like, you know, as restaurants started to move their seating outside and they invested all in these heaters and these beautiful spaces outside, I like it because it has a very, like, French feel, Italian feel. It has a very European feel that I enjoy. And we actually live in a very beautiful little city. So if the outdoor dining never goes away, I'll be thrilled. Angie and Jeff DeMeo, thanks so much for joining us on Rhode Island Report today. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. Here are some more stories to check out this week in Globe, Rhode Island. I have a story on Ina Walker. She is safe in East Providence, but her entire family is stuck in Ukraine. 
sheltering in place as Russian bombs destroy the neighborhoods around them. My colleague Brian Amaral has a profile on an heir to a Rhode Island charcuterie fortune. He donated a million dollars of what he earned making meat toward growing it in a lab. For these stories and more, go to globe.com slash Rhode Island. That's globe.com slash Rhode Island. As we interview all the candidates for governor this year, we want your questions. What would you ask them? Email your ideas to rinews at globe.com. You might hear your question on the podcast. Rhode Island Report is a production of the Boston Globe. Today's episode was produced by Megan Hall, Carlos Munoz, and Scott Hellman. Audio mixing and mastering by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our music is from APM. I'm Alexa Gagas. Ed will be back next week. Looking to binge watch all your favorite PBS shows? You need Rhode Island PBS Passport, Masterpiece, Antiques Roadshow, Rhode Island PBS Weekly, and many more. Watch them all, anytime, and from any streaming device. Learn more about this member benefit at ripbs.org passport. That's ripbs.org passport.